Sentinels of Freedom is a national nonprofit organization that supports severely wounded post 9-11 veterans complete their higher education with its Bridge for Education scholarships. Veterans receive comprehensive personalized support, financial assistance, financial planning, and mentoring to achieve success in their post-military careers. We treat this as an investment, not a charity. What they'll bring to communities and the economy across our nation in their after-service careers is an invaluable fact and our return on investment. Our donors can take great pride in the fact that they are helping these veterans who served our nation honorably and sacrificed so much to reach their objective of self-sufficient lives. Now, here's Mike Conklin, the founder, chairman, and CEO of Sentinels of Freedom Scholarship Foundation. Hey, Christian, just tell me a little bit about when you joined the Army, why you joined the Army, where you went, and, and then just transition back into civilian life, education, and what you're doing today. So I joined the Army right out of high school, joined in 2005. I got stationed at Fort Hood, Texas. I went to Iraq and Afghanistan out of there. When I came back from Afghanistan, I got sent to Germany for three years. And after Germany, I got sent to Fort Polk. And when I was at Fort Polk, that is, my unit was set to deploy. And during that process of pre-deployment, the doctors screened me or flagged me for having back issues. And at that time, I had to get checked out by even more doctors to see if I was able to deploy or if I was not able to deploy. And during that time, they realized that I had some back issues, like I'm sure many people do. And the options pretty much given to me were, I get out of the army and they said, if you want, we can fuse your back. And being 27, 28 at the time in 2015, I did not want to get my back fused. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I've got the same situation. I'm not, uh, they tell me mine is inoperable. They <laughs> wow. just go, great. It's called stenosis. Yes. Yeah, that, after many years of beating myself up in the construction industry. But so you got out, you started school at Louisiana State? I got out and I moved back home to Shreveport, Louisiana, which is relatively close to Fort Polk. So I was fortunate in that regards. I started out going to an LSU satellite school called LSUS in Shreveport. During that time, it was still, what do I want to do? You know, where I expected to be in the military for 20 years. My, my father just retired maybe two years ago right. and, he'd been and for almost 40 years. So growing up, all I knew was the military life and I fully expected to do 20 years and retire. And I got out at 10, halfway there, and it was, you're kind of thrown upside down. You expect that this is what you're going to do, and now it's not what you're going to do. Yeah, uh, and you don't have a network. You don't. And i growing up in a military family. You don't have, you, know, you have a network of people that you know, but it's not like individuals that were born and raised in the same town that have those lifelong connections, their parents grew up there and so forth. So it's a little bit different. I tried figuring out what I was going to do, I enrolled in school and I sold real estate as well. I was going for a business degree, I believe. And 
I just felt like I was going through the motions that this wasn't necessarily for me. And the thing that I kept being reminded of is when I was in the military, people would, would tell those that were getting out that just chose not to reenlist and do their four, six, eight year stint and get out that you're not going to be able to survive without the military. You're not going to be able to get out, go back home and lead a, a quote unquote normal life. Right. So throughout that first year, that really kept ringing in the back of my mind. What am I doing? I didn't feel like I was assimilating back into my normal life. I had plenty of friends that were still here. And even some of the employees, like, yeah, we don't, they've even told me in the past that during that transition time, they weren't really sure how to interact with me in some A lot of their parents were Vietnam vets or there's this perception mainly like the Vietnam vets that they come back and they're scarred and no one knows how to deal with them. So I think that stereotype has kind of continued on, unfortunately. In a lot of cases it has, but you know, I think the, so at some point the light bulb went on and you said to move forward, I got to be competitive and that's higher education. So uh, my light bulb is probably different from most. My transition time, the year after getting out, I got arrested for a DUI and that, that was my light bulb. That was. I'm not going to sink into what people think that I'm going to sink into, that I'm going to be reliant on other people. I'm not going to be able to make it for myself. And that point, when that happened, that was for like, you, you got to get your act together. So I thought about what can I do to better myself, to better family, to kind of make a name for myself and leave my mark pretty much. I decided that. I wanted to go to law school and in order to do that, I had to finish a bachelor's degree a year and ago. So I stuck my head down and I looked at different universities of my area, Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, saw of where can I go that essentially where can I go and I can finish a bachelor's degree the quickest. And I went to the university of North Texas and I completed about two years, two academic years in, in the span of one calendar year. At that time, I had taken the LSAT to go to law school. I'd started applying. I had no idea where I was going to go to law school. So I literally sent out applications to probably 20 different law schools, just seeing who was going to take. And I got accepted to a few and I decided to go to LSU's law school in Baton Rouge. I started in 2018 and I graduated in 2021 and my interaction or my relationship with the Sentinels came in, I believe it was in my second year of law school. And it was really kind of a turning point for me as well. Your first year of law school is miserable. I'm pretty sure anyone will tell you that if someone tells you that they enjoyed the first year of law school, they might be lying to you. <laughs> So the second point I hadn't done, I was at the top of my class and being coming from the military, I think most of us, we want to excel in whatever it is that we do. And sometimes that's just not possible. And that's a hard thing to, to swallow. There's different factors when it comes to law school, grading curves, classes, et cetera. 
but it's still a tough pill to swallow that I've been busting my butt for this and I've been trying to excel, but I'm just, there's things that are out of your control. And it, that second year of law school was really, a, is this even what I want to do? My first year was miserable, just like everyone else is. You go to class, you live in a library. It's not really all that enjoyable living in a library and just studying and reading books all the time. I was also running out of my GI bit. And that was another thing of, you know, if I keep doing this, I'm going to be way into debt. And is that really what I want to be or where I want to be in, in two years come graduation and taking the bar exam? And also back to what we said earlier, you're not really having a network. Right. So I applied for the Sentinels. I got accepted. And I remember I got the call on my way home after a class. And I think it was Sam that called me and told me that I'd been accepted. And that was a huge relief for me. During the initial interviewing phase, I was told that Sentinels is, is really aimed at people trying to get bachelor's degrees, and which is totally understandable for someone that already has one and is trying to get an even hired. So after those first couple of interviews, I was obviously I was really hoping it was going to work out, but they're still like, all right, don't get your hopes up too high because the bachelor compared to the JD. Right. So when I got that call, I was ecstatic. After that, the networking and the connections and even just the moral support that I got from Sentinels was really helped make, really helped me make it through the remaining time of law school. One of the things that the Sentinels requires is those occasional check-ins where you got to, where are you doing? Where are you working? Checking in on your finances and things. And for me, it always came at the worst time. And I hated getting those emails because I knew it was something that I had to do. But in law school, you only have one exam for a class and it's at the very end. So like the fall semester at LSU, we judged it by football games. So once LSU plays Alabama in November, the rest of the time you're studying for your fall finals. In the spring, there's not like a set date because football's not over with and Mardi Gras is too early in the spring. So I would always get those emails in like that prime study time, two, maybe three weeks <laughs> in finals. Like this is the worst. <laughs> so I, but it was good though, because I would do it and I would get a follow-up call. And during that call, it was just, it was just so much support coming. You're talking to one person on the phone, but you have the entire backing of the Sentinels network with that one person helping support you in for me, it was going through law school. For others, it's whatever it is that Sentinels is helping with in their life at that time. So with me, that was just a huge push, always at the worst times of the semester during finals. But it, like I said, I, I hated getting the emails because like, oh, I got to do this. I got to stop reading this book. But getting that follow-up phone call was just so much support and motivation. Really, when I needed it the most when I was in school. Sure. Well, that's, uh, that's, we tell people that this isn't just a handout. It's an investment and we have expectations on the investment that you will succeed. I think we realized early on that you are a good investment. Our investors, we communicate with them all the time and tell them the stories, your story and what's going on. And so it's really 
obviously we're all very proud of you. I'm very proud of our staff, our case managers. And that those calls are really to kind of, like you say, check up, but it's really how are things going? What can we do to help you? Right. And sometimes it's just a conversation or sometimes there's a, a need that we're, we need to help with. Somebody needs a new computer or whatever. But I, I think the the thing is, obviously, you proved that you were worthy and you were worth it, worth the investment. I'm glad about that. And I've had people reach out to me about it because I've talked to the LSU Veterans Center about the Sentinels program. And I've had people follow up with me about it. And it's, it's not a traditional scholarship. Like I said, it's not just here's your X amount of dollars for your school, for your housing, whatever it is. It's so much more than that. Yeah. It's, I know with me, like, I don't have a whole lot of attorneys in my family. So there's a lot of questions that I had no idea about. Yeah. And through Sentinels, I was able to get a great mentor. He really helped answer any question that I had guided me along the, the finishing up the law school process into the trying to find a job process, helped with my resume, interview techniques, really helped me out. And really, if it wasn't for Sentinels, I would have never been able to make that connection. He was a, a senior partner, his name's David Wall, at a very large prestigious law firm in New York. And they have offices in the country and I think around the world. I might be mistaken on that. But like, if it wasn't for Sentinels, there's no way that a kid in Baton Rouge, Louisiana is going to get that connection with that type of person and at that type of firm in New York City. Yeah, I and I'll bet you you still stay in contact with him. I do. Yeah, yeah. And that's I. The beautiful thing about this is all the people that volunteer their time to do mentoring, and we try to link, for instance, your case, an attorney with you. If it's somebody that's going to medicine, we try to link a doctor, somebody in sales or marketing, and because those mentors have been there, done that, and they have real life experiences that outside the academic fence. Right. And, and so, okay. So now tell me about where you're working. So now I am a assistant district attorney with the Cata Parish district attorney's office. Louisiana has 42 different judicial district courts. Some of them are single parish courts. Some have multiple parishes in them and we call counties parishes. Too. Right. Right. One of my mom's friends actually came down and saw her daughter was trying to go to school in Baton Rouge and she was from Indiana and they saw East Baton Rouge Parish. I forget what it was exactly, but she asked me, what's a parish? And it's so fun. A lot of Cajun, a lot of French influence, a lot of Native American influence that we still have and Louisiana is really proud of it. And a lot of Catholic influence as well. So side to mess with her and said, oh, that's the, uh, the Catholic diocese is in charge of, I think it was a jail actually. So the Catholic parish is in charge of the jail. So if, not only if you break the law, but if you commit like a sin, the Catholic church is going to throw you in. <laughs> and I had a rolling for about 10 minutes and it was the funniest thing ever. I loved every minute. Oh, good. Great story. But mine is in Northwest Louisiana in Shreveport, Cato Parish. And uh, you have the elected district attorney and you have his or her various assistants, depending on the size of the district and what, whatnot. So I'm one of the assistants in that now. Nice. Well, you and I talked 
couple of weeks ago and you mentioned you might be considering a move out to Texas. Yeah, Texas has always kind of been an interest to me. So this is kind of the neat thing about Sentinels is even after you graduate, we still communicate with you. And in talking about Texas with you, I searched back in my data bank here and we had a, we had a really good relationship and still do with a county judge at Collin County. And so I've reached out to him, sent him your bio and I asked him to make contact with you. I actually followed up with him this morning and he said, tell Christian that he's going to get a call from me and they're very willing to help, help you get networked into that Dallas metropolitan area. And he knows, of course, everybody, be it a county judge, but an, an, actually an Army veteran also. So those people that we find that are willing to take a little bit out of their schedule and talk with you guys and then become lifelong friends, that is a unique part of this scholarship versus other scholarships. That's what we really try to do. And in your case, I'm confident that the judge will be able to help you get networked in. And I, I think that shows just the impact that Sentinels can have is one of the first things that I saw applying was that Sentinels is based out of California. And I remember reading all the literature that was offered about providing mentorship, different opportunities. And I, I'll be at first I was a little skeptical because like, this sounds great, but this Sentinels group is in California. Here I am in Bible Belt, Louisiana. Right. And it, I, that just goes to show that if anyone else is out listening to this and has maybe thought the same thing in Louisiana or any other state, whether it be Maine or whatever, totally across the country, is just the, this, the network that is available is just so vast. Incredible that y'all have been able to make these connections and impact so many different people. And I, for one, am very grateful for it. Like, like whenever Sam sends me an email asking you anything, he's just, Without a doubt, what do I need to do? Yeah. You know, we always say you guys carry 99% of the heavy water. You've certainly earned it. And, you know, where you are now, and, and I hope that we can get you networked into Dallas, and that'll be a good move for me at some point. Hey, out of curiosity, we always hear about these veterans' courts across the country. Do, do they have one in your pair? We do have a veterans' court. I'm sorry. Someone decided to call me, and it's... How can I get this? Sorry. I'm not very good with the technology. Yes. So we do have a veterans court in, in, in Caddo Parish in the first judicial district. I couldn't give you the stats or the numbers on how many in Louisiana or the nation that there are. Yeah. But veterans courts are good for veterans that are troubled or that are in troubled times that have just stumbled trying to pick their feet back up for whatever it is. From what I've seen, they're able to connect veterans to resources that they didn't know were available to them. Or in a way, if the veteran didn't know, the court may just order them to take advantage of some of the services that yeah. maybe that veteran might've been too prideful to do. Because there there is also that thing that you have a lot of pride being a veteran, whether you're in the Army, the Navy, yeah. the Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard, whatever it is. And a lot of people are cautious to ask for help. Even with the mentor that, that through Dave, with David, there was things that first that I was cautious about asking because I didn't want it 
personally, I didn't want to feel like I was trying to take advantage of him or anything like that. Right. I mean, I know a lot of people <laughs> the same way that there's people that are worse off that need these programs more than I do. Yeah. I, somebody asked me to write something for the newspaper for Veterans Day. And I said, they said, what's the best thing we can do for veterans on Veterans Day? And I said, my advice was almost in every community, people are living amongst veterans and they don't know they are veterans. And I said, don't underestimate the power of thank you. So look around your neighborhood. If you see an American flag in somebody's front yard and you look at the bumper and there's a bumper sticker that says Semper Fi or Go Army or something like that, you can pretty well figure out somebody in that house is a veteran. You can always tell the Marines because they always have the Semper Fi flag. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, the best thing you can do is, is to walk up and engage. They may, some of them might, you might feel that they aren't engageable. But when you when you woke up and say happy Veterans Day and thank you for serving our nation, you'll see them, the pride come out of them. And now you've made a new friend. We have a veteran in the neighborhood. Keep an eye on them. Ask if they need any help ever and stuff like that. And you'll develop a good friendship with one of the veterans. So, But the older veterans are very proud. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it's not just the young veterans. It's the older veterans. And they do hesitate to ask for help. And so sometimes you just got to make that step and say, how can I help you? And you need anything. Is there any any way I can help you with anything? And they may say, no, I'm okay. But just that offer and that thank you. you're right. It makes their day. The offer can mean the world to Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is, how big, small of an offer it is. It it can make someone's day totally turn around. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to wish you all the best. And also uh, we'll keep pushing on this network for you in Dallas. I'm really excited about that because I just think the world of this judge know in quite a while. Yeah. So I'm going to conclude now by, so we hope everybody enjoyed our podcast today, Veterans Never Stop Serving. Hope you will share it with your friends. Thank you all for your support. Sentinels of Freedom, the veterans we serve. Your support helps our nation meet its responsibilities. These veterans have served in our military and sacrificed much by doing so, have certainly earned a place at our nation's table of opportunity and abundance. So until next week, this is Mike Conklin and Christian Redmond signing off. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. All right, buddy. Good talking to you. Uh, yeah, this ju- I, the judge's name is Keith Self. And once we get you hooked up with him, I think you're really going to enjoy him. And He's got his finger on the pulse of everything that's going on in Dallas. So, I like I said, I really do appreciate it. And yeah, the best time to look for a job is when you, ha- yeah, the best time to look for a job is when you have one, right? Yeah. And seriously, everything that y'all have done is, I mean, it's one of those things that words can't really describe it, but I, I really am forever grateful. I'll tell you, we know that you guys, you Sentinels, will certainly be turning around to help the newer, younger veterans and doing good things for other people. So, you're, and darn good investment and that's what we strive to do here so well good stuff i'm gonna let you go i'm gonna go home i got painters at my house i gotta go check on them day before thanksgiving right my house is completely torn apart that's guys yeah yeah why why not him and why not do it on christmas just uh, just a month away yeah okay buddy take care and we'll be in touch all right thank you again mike